Welcome to episode six of the Ask the Law Firm Seller Show. My name is Jeremy Pook, and I lead Senior Attorney Match. And today's Ask Show will feature three segments. The first segment is Q&A. Our second segment, I'm excited to introduce and we'll ask some questions to attorney Christine Morgan, who joined a growing law firm in 2019. And our third segment today will be Pook's Post. So let's jump right into it with Q&A. So our first question today is, from a buyer's perspective, should I purchase a firm to deepen our subject matter knowledge in a particular practice area? And that's, that's asked by Ray, who's the COO and co-founder of Even Up, which, by the way, is a great growing company in the uh, personal injury law space. Ray, thanks so much for your question. So in terms of whether a buyer should be thinking about the value of subject matter knowledge and deepening their subject matter knowledge in a particular practice area when they're considering purchasing a firm, absolutely yes. So many growing law firms, when they're thinking about growth by acquisition, focus on the clients, and they should, right? Every law firm needs more clients. As we're showing here, there are four components to the synergy values that senior attorneys and senior attorney-led firms bring to growing law firms. First and foremost, the instant client growth. Second is the combined workforce, the senior attorney, senior other attorneys at the firm or senior attorney practices, the cumulative expertise, which we'll get to in a few moments, and the marketing value that a senior attorney-led firm presents. And just to look at from another perspective on the value of growth by acquisition, if we think about growth by acquisition, the benefits of growth by acquisition is that growing law firm is acquiring a senior attorney-led firm, and there's four key benefits, that instant client growth, the combined workforce, cumulative expertise, and the marketing value. Now to really focus on the subject matter knowledge. Senior attorneys that have practiced more than 30 years are typically today between ages 55 and 75. We like to make them feel good, and they deserve to feel really good about what they've developed over their over the course of their practices because attorneys between ages 55 and 75, we consider them to be in the MVP years of their careers because they've achieved three, what we call three achievement awards. And that first achievement award is subject matter knowledge. And the second one is the goodwill that they've developed. Let's focus on subject matter knowledge because the question is, when I'm acquiring a senior attorney-led firm, what's the value of acquiring subject matter knowledge? So senior attorneys that have developed subject matter knowledge in one, two, three plus practice areas over the course of their careers add tremendous value to growing law firms because let's just think about it, right? The estate planner that's been practicing estate planning for 20 to 30 plus years knows that area cold. They know particular parts of that practice area. They've probably spoken about it. They have written about it. They've represented multiple clients about it. Let's think about the litigators, right? A personal injury law litigator who has, let's say, multiple trial verdicts in particular practice areas. So let's just say a personal injury law attorney who has the largest or in the top five largest verdicts 
in their jurisdiction and let's say the area of TBI, traumatic brain injuries. Well, if you're building a practice that has TBI, why not bring in that senior attorney, grow by subject matter knowledge, because that senior attorney, A, has the subject matter knowledge, has those great verdicts under his or her belt, and also has that great goodwill among the community so that when the law firm is being checked out, okay, and many clients today check out more than one firm, the growing law firm is able to say, yeah, and we have attorney X who is the leading attorney in our community for, in that example, traumatic brain injuries. So that subject matter knowledge and goodwill that senior attorneys bring together with the client development is huge value when growing law firms acquire senior attorney-led firms. And then there's really a plus one when it comes to the MVP years, because most senior attorneys today, they are not taking full advantage of what we call the potential ward for digital content. Growing law firms are typically and should be all over multi-channel digital marketing. Most senior attorneys just haven't adopted it. So what does that mean? When a growing law firm is acquiring a senior attorney-led firm or welcoming in senior attorneys into their practice and they have that great subject matter knowledge, well, why not take advantage of it with posts to LinkedIn, with podcasts, vodcasts, Instagram, Instagram posts, e-newsletters, tremendous opportunities to leverage that subject matter knowledge over the course of multi-channel digital marketing. So Ray, thank you so much for that question. Our next question today is, what is the importance of firm culture and law firm sales? I can say, having done this now for over 10 years, that firm culture often is a make or break. It is that significant when it comes to whether law firm sales happen or not. What we're showing here is the synergy value that senior attorneys and growing law firms present to each other, okay? That is, they're coming together potentially and thinking, wow, we have these synergy values between us. Senior attorney brings instant client growth. If we combined our workforces, wow, would that be amazing? We can bring together cumulative expertise in the practice areas that we share and that we can grow together. And then there's marketing value. If we come together, well, we can market, you know, that is, two, you know, two is better than um, the one and one separate. Let's look though at what we call the six meetings needed to sell a law practice. Okay, and there really are. This has been our experience. Take six meetings to go from the first meet and greet to signing the agreement. When it comes to the significance of firm culture, we really recommend that in those first two meetings, the meet and greet and during the due diligence phase, that both sides really think to themselves, can we work with each other? On paper, our firms may look perfect. Okay, but here let's go to an analogy. Let's try to go in the way back machine for a moment. Okay, we all were in junior high once, we were all in high school once, and we all dated that fill in the blank. Okay, that person that we thought was great, but our mother, our brother, our best friend, even our you know, not such best friends would tell us that this person is just not right for you. But they call it puppy love for a reason. And we see the same thing in, in law firm sales, literally, that a puppy love phase can happen because both sides just they want to see that this can work. And often, if those cultures don't work, it won't work post-sale. And we have had some deals that didn't work. And the reason why they didn't work was because ultimately, when we punted 
on firm culture and we poo-pooed that there were significant cultural differences, they came back and parties weren't able to mend the differences that really we could have seen and should have seen and spent more time on during meetings one and two, that meet and greet. When you first go out for drinks, you go out to dinner and you leave and you go home to your significant other, let's say, and say, you know what? It was a good meeting, but please consider that. But because if you can't work well together, the, the sale ultimately may not work. So our next question, um, our next question is, how do you value a contingency fee practice? Okay, great question. And there's two answers to this question in terms of how do you value a contingency fee practice? Well, the common way to value is that it is valued via a law firm sales 1.0 approach. We're in now the mid 2020s. And Law Firm Sales 1.0 has been with us, and it's going to continue to be with us for the foreseeable future because many law firms, when it comes to the sale of their firms, is based upon the value of the client list and referral source list of a selling law firm or selling attorney. That is, the book of business based upon, in large part, the goodwill of what a senior attorney or a senior attorney-led firm has developed over the course of their careers. They have a book of business, and the way that the firm is valued is really a matter of an earnout. That is, there's, there is not money paid up front. The value is the percentage of the revenues that come in from the clients and clients referred by referral sources paid out over a period of years. When it comes to contingency-based firms in particular, particularly more with personal injury law firms, there can be some money up front based upon the value of your open cases. We'll also show that we are in and heading more into Law Firm Sales 2.0. In Law Firm Sales 2.0, for contingency-based firms, there, is, there already is and there will be more of fixed pricing paid at closings based upon the digital value and brand awareness that contingency fee firms, and other firms too, but contingency fee firms, and here I'm really talking about personal injury law firms, because they're developing digital value and, and brand awareness, they are starting to capture and be able to have banks lend upon a fixed price plus the earnout terms. And let's look at why. Right? We are in now the 3.0 digital era for the legal industry. That is, post-2020, law firms generally and contingency fee personal injury law firms in particular, are recognizing that today's consumers of legal services, that is clients, are searching for law firms digitally. And they're primarily searching and going to what we call America's uh, most popular referral source for lawyers, Uncle Google. But they're not just looking on Google. They are looking on Facebook. They're looking on Instagram, even TikTok. Now X, which used to be Twitter, they're watching YouTube videos and learning about the lawyers who they want to hire by finding them on Google, okay, and otherwise digitally. And as a result, what contingency fee firms and others that are investing in the 3.0 digital era, what they are developing is digital equity, brand equity, okay? That is law firm brand equity has four feeders to it. 
Okay, and I just want to give an example because I was recently at a car, at a conference conference called Litaquest. Okay, great conference, late October of 2023, and met lawyers at that conference from a firm that's based in the western part of the United States called the Advocates. Right, trade name. Okay, the Advocates has a trade name that's that is that is adding into their law firm's brand equity. They're developing brand awareness because they are all over the place when it comes to digital searches. They have that digital. They have that digital presence because they are investing in multi-channel digital marketing. And from a quality perception, like many firms that are investing in 3.0 digital era type marketing, they are developing Google reviews. And as of the last search of, the, of that particular firm, they have over a thousand Google reviews. So as a result, coming back to that law firm sales 2.0 infographic, when law firms are developing digital value and brand awareness, they will be able to receive a fixed price at a closing based upon the value of that law firm brand equity that they've developed, plus that same earnout type payments. That is that book of business that continues to bring in clients over time to share in fees over a negotiated period of time. Okay, so for our next question, our next question is, if I join a growing law firm, won't I suddenly have a boss? Hell no. <laughs> All right. So um, when we meet with senior attorneys, um, two things always come up. The first thing that comes up is that they want to often continue practicing, but they just can't stand managing the office. Managing the office is such a waste of time, similar to an athlete that wants to be on the field playing as often as possible. Senior attorneys want to be out there practicing law and not managing an office. The next thing that comes up when we tell them that your preferred option for selling your law firm, okay, for transitioning really your law firm to, uh, to the right buyer is to join a growing law firm. And there, the knee jerk is, well, if I join a firm, my concern, my fear is that all of a sudden I'm going to have a new boss. Hell no. All right. So let's debunk that fear of having a new boss. Okay. Because our clients, when they join growing law firms, rather than having a name tag that they're fearful of that will say, hello, I'm your new boss to the managing partner, let's say of the firm that they join. Instead, they walk into those firms with head held very high with a tremendous name tag that we're showing here that says, hello, I provide instant client growth. Hello, I provide instant client growth. And for that reason, because they have that, hello, I provide instant client growth, they don't have a new boss. Instead, in terms of how senior attorneys really power business development, Right? When senior attorneys join growing law firms, they power business development for growing law firms because what is it and what is the energy source for almost every kind of law firm? The energy source for law firms is clients. So when senior attorneys join growing law firms, they bring in a number of what we're showing here, really like windmills from a clean energy standpoint. They have five windmills that are generating new clients for the growing law firms that they join. That is their client list and referral source list generates clients from within. That is the book of business the senior attorney is transitioning. The goodwill 
and subject matter knowledge that they've developed is going to attract even more clients to the growing firm that they've joined because they have now, that is a growing law firm, has now welcomed senior attorneys in that have that goodwill and subject matter knowledge that they've developed over the course of their careers. And then the digital value, that is growing law firms, welcome the opportunity to start digitally marketing what senior attorneys have not often done for themselves, all of which taken together is generating new clients for growing law firms. Hence, when senior attorneys join growing law firms, they don't have new bosses they come in and they're able to say, we provide instant client growth and more. We power business development for your firms. And as a result, often our clients don't have set hours that they need to work. They don't have billable hour requirements. They are able to enjoy a much better work-life balance by joining growing law firms. So for today's second segment, um, I'm excited to introduce uh, my friend, um, colleague, and client attorney, Christine Morgan. Christine joined Boston area-based Wilchins, Cosentino, and Nobbins in 2019. Hi, Christine. Great to see you. And uh, please, if you could share a bit about yourself, before we'll, we'll ask you a couple of questions. Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, just briefly... I, uh, I went to Suffolk Law School years ago, moved up here from the Rhode Island area and greatly enjoyed uh, tax, estate planning types of subjects uh, in law school. So I uh, pursued an LLM in taxation at BU. I uh, started my own uh, practice in 1991, uh, ran that for 10 years and then joined a small, uh, very compatible law practice with a partner. Um, and uh, we had that practice for another 10 years. Uh, and then uh, after a, approximately 20 years, um, started uh, realizing that uh, I wanted to uh, scale back. So that's a little bit about me. Great. And Christine, I'll tell you, like I, I mentioned earlier in today's, in today's show, I've been doing, you know, running Senior Attorney Match for just about 11 years now. Um, and you are the most methodical client that I've had to date, right? Like when we talked, okay, you had a plan, a plan for a plan, okay? And, and, and you know, and, and it, was, it was amazing. And there are other lawyers out there that are similar to you, that are thinking themselves, okay, three, five, seven, um, 10 years out. So as our first question, Christine, uh, could you just describe your methodical approach to succession planning for your practice? Right. So uh, I've always been a planner. I get, maybe that's why I like estate planning. Um, uh, my methodical approach, it, 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 it's funny how it started. It actually started because my partner was um, much older than me and he was in the process of retiring. So it, that was almost like a dress rehearsal for me of what, what would eventually happen with me when I retired. So um, when, when we realized that he would be retiring, I started going to seminars about succession planning. And actually, Jeremy, you were 
one of the panelists with another attorney, and I can never remember his name, but you you always remember the name. Um, and that got my wheels spinning about what I would need to do. Um, so then I uh, after I after I went to that seminar uh, and and heard about the issues that people face when they retire, I started applying it to myself. I, I started trying to identify what was going to be important to me as I transitioned uh, and, and even trying to identify what the issues are. Um, you don't know what you don't know. Um, so um, I started to, uh, and I just have a few notes here, but um, the things that really mattered to me were having a deep bench of attorneys, Jeremy, you and I have used that phrase consistently, but a deep bench uh, and longevity so that the clients would always have a home uh, as, as I pulled back, um, stability of a firm and um, uh, support staff and uh, commitment, uh, for, for me personally, commitment to being willing to service clients at, at all different levels of estate planning because uh, I was doing um, Medicaid planning and disability planning and, and uh, on up from there for you know, very uh, wealthy folks. And so it was very important to me to go somewhere that could service the, the full spectrum. Um, and then uh, working with you, Jeremy, I was able to uh, learn and understand the actual business issues that would be involved. So uh, that was sort of my, at least in the beginning, my my approach. Great. And Christine, we talk a lot about trust transfer. Like you and I have talked about that. I talk about that with a lot of clients. You've joined this firm uh, almost, well, almost five years ago. Um, and so could you tell us a bit about the trust transfer? You have clients that trust you. And as you have pra started practicing less, as that as that next question, um, you know, what, uh, how has trust transfer worked for you since joining that growing law firm? Right. Uh, you know, uh, it, it really started for me. It's been like a, a, a three or four pronged approach. It started with literally with the letter that I sent to clients when I moved, uh, where I, I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing this so that as the years, uh, go by, you will always have someone who can assist you and assuring my clients that there would be a backup plan. You know, if, if I'm helping them to plan, I should have a, a plan for myself and for them. Um, so it really out of the park started with um, notifying them in a way that they would feel uh, comfortable. And then um, with that, 
then began the actual sort of hands-on process of introducing the clients to the attorneys at the firm, introducing the referral sources to the attorneys at the firm so that everyone in the whole ecosystem felt comfortable with the transition, the new personnel. And um, it's really worked very well um, because there's sort of this, you know, Christine, if you trust this attorney as a good fit for me, then, and I, and I trust you, Christine, then it, this should work well. Uh, And I'm, I'm finding that it's, it's really overall, you know, there's glitches, there's people, Jeremy, you and I have talked, you know, there's people that say, oh, I don't, I don't want to change to a different attorney. Um, But I can't be their attorney forever. Um, It's, it's really working well. And the clients, uh, the clients appreciate that if something happens to me, there's not going to be a free for all. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, because you as an estate planner, and we talked about this. I mean, you develop such close relationships with your clients. Yes. You know, I mean, in, a, in like a, let's say a litigation setting, you 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 have that relationship, and it's sort of time set, okay, from the beginning of the matter till it's over. But you know, with estate planning, you 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 wrote plans for people. You learn about their lives. They make changes throughout the course of their lives. I mean, you've had clients, as I recall, like for over thirty years. Yes, um, exactly. And, and so could you just share with us, you know, how that trust transfer has happened when you're transferring a relationship like that to a younger attorney at the firm you joined? Right. So a lot of times uh, the way it works is we have a, a meeting uh, with um, the client. Uh, I'm there um, and the other attorney is there and maybe other support staff like a, um, a senior paralegal. but. Um, I can sort of uh, facilitate uh, the meeting so that some of the nuances of the relationship get conveyed uh, because it is, it's, it's a, it's a very personal area of the law and I can, I can help the client to feel comfortable with the attorney. For example, one of the attorneys at my firm that I refer a lot of work to has really almost the exact same background as I do, and an LLM and uh, has done Medicaid planning, high-end planning. And I can say to the client, um, you know, you're you're getting the best of both worlds here because this attorney or, or whichever attorney is in the meeting, you know, is going to be able to take care of you for years after I won't be able to. Um, so it's it's really uh, been a very good um, way to transition the clients and to do this trust transfer. Terrific. And, and you know, you've continued to practice. So could you just also share with us the, like the work-life balance? You know, how has your work-life balance changed since joining a growing law firm in 2019? Uh, there's no words for the relief <laughs> uh, on a couple of different levels. Uh, you mentioned, you know, running the practice is, is is exhausting. So now I can focus on what the clients need, not all the little details and, you know, 
do we need a new copier machine or or a new billing software or stuff like that? That's all taken care of. Um, my uh, parents and my in-laws are all elderly and they really need a lot more um, attention now. And I'm able to uh, help all of them, my husband and I, uh, and not have that that day-to-day responsibility of, oh, did that estate tax return get completed or did that estate plan get mailed out? Uh, because there's, again, such a deep bench at the firm. Uh, I know that everything is moving along and um, I'm not having to deal with all those day-to-day things that can take up a lot of uh, time and and mental energy. Um, And the other, I I just want to mention one thing related to that, which is um, uh, the technology is amazing because I'm always in the loop about what's going on with the cases because people can just CC me on the emails. um, And uh, I'm, I'm always, I always know what's going on. and technology is wonderful in that regard. So you don't you don't feel like something comes in and you you don't know whatever happened to it. Uh, and I I find that reassuring. So if the client calls and says, "Oh, I didn't quite understand this or that," uh, I'm not flailing around trying to figure out what's going on with the case. Amazing. Thank you so much, Christine. All right. So here's our last question. Um, and here you can put on, you know, your, 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 your legal hat, your advisor hat, uh, your experience, your experience hat. Um, what would you recommend to a senior attorney, estate planning attorney who wants to start practicing less and does not have an internal successor for their practice? Right. Um, y- you know, I think the the first it, it depends on and on the individual but you have to start thinking about what matters to you because what matters to one person doesn't matter to another person you know think about how you want this to roll out do you want to keep practicing and just keep practicing less and less um do you for whatever reason, want to walk away completely. Uh, I haven't seen that too much, but um, you have to you have to consider how you want to be paid. Um, and again, what matters, like the things that I said that that I identified, um, and as you mentioned, the compatibility. Uh, my uh, one of my number one recommendations is start early. Start even earlier than you think you need to, because then you have time to learn about what the issues are, because it evolves. What you think might be an issue when you first start might not be as important as the process moves along. And um, it's very helpful to have an advisor, uh, someone like you, Jeremy, that can that has their ear to the ground, you you and your advisor have to have your ear to the ground about who might be a good match 
and um, and what the issues are going to be in the legal community that you're practicing in. So if you can get if you can get that started and the earlier, the better, then you don't feel like you're having a fire sale when the time comes. Wonderful. All right. Christine Morgan, thank you so much. Christine, by the way, lifelong Red Sox fan, part of Red Sox Nation. Let's hope for a better year in 2024, Christine. Jeremy indulges me. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much. Real pleasure. Thanks. Thanks thank all the best, you. Christine. Thank, thank you. you for having me. Absolutely. Okay. So for today's third segment, uh, which is Pook's Post, our Pook's Post today is the risk to law firm value in the 2020s when senior attorneys do not adopt digital marketing and two solutions to address that. All right, so here we go on Pook's post in terms of the risk to law firm values in the 2020s when senior attorneys are not adopting digital marketing. So let's look first of all at that all important book of business. Today's senior attorneys, that is attorneys that have practiced more than 30 years, they developed their books of business by and large pre-Google, and they did it what we call the hard way. Many, many in-person networking events and handing out thousands upon thousands of business cards. Non-digital thought leadership, writing articles, speaking at CLEs, event sponsorship, all those dinners that we went to, breakfast that we went to, and putting in quarter page, half page, full page ads about what our law firm does and why our law firm cares about the event that we attended. And then also um, non-digital advertising, advertising whether that was in the yellow pages, for those of us that even remember the yellow pages, okay, ads in publications, uh, on radio, on TV, led to the book of business. Well, change happens, okay? And a huge change happened in 2020, right? Pre-2020, we already had Google. Google was already with us and clients are already searching for their lawyers pre-2020. Well, 2020, as we all know, probably the most popular word in 2020, at least from a digital standpoint, was pivot, okay? We pivoted globally, societally, digitally. And that also has had a huge impact on the legal industry because today's consumers of legal services, that is clients, are searching for their lawyers via Google and other digital means. And as a result, those law firms that are marketing to clients in the multi-channel digital marketing venues of whether it's Google, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, I'm running out of breath, right, by just naming all these different ways that clients are finding out about their lawyers today versus just maintaining a website, as many senior attorneys continue to do. And let's look at the impact that that is having on the books of business, right? That all-important book of business for those senior attorneys that aren't adopting multi-channel digital marketing, well, that book of business is being fed or not being fed by digital by the digital marketing that many younger firms are deploying today. And as a result, the clients and the referral sources that make up that book of business are not getting replenished as much as they did in yesteryear. And as a result, let's look at how the impact 
of the book of business, which is not as strong as it was pre-2020, what's the impact that that's having on client revenue? What we're consistently seeing is that senior attorneys that maintain their status quo, that is attorneys who are aged today between 55 and 75, and maintain their status quo in terms of how they market for new business, or really how they are not marketing for new business by not adopting multi-channel digital marketing, their revenues are going down. And the unintended consequence of maintaining that status quo is that the value of their law firms is also going down. So here are two solutions to how to address that. Solution number one for senior attorneys who currently are not adopting multi-channel digital marketing and, and, and attracting clients digitally, solution number one is consider joining a growing law firm, right? Growing law firms by and large, they have adopted multi-channel digital marketing. They look at senior attorney-led firms as offering what they need, that is senior attorneys and the firms that they lead today, have what growing law firms want and need in terms of providing instant client growth, providing a combined workforce, bringing over the senior attorneys, attorneys at the senior attorney-led firms, which often include in presumed internal successors who really don't want to buy a senior attorney's practice and can't afford to either. The cumulative expertise of the senior attorney and their lawyer and non-lawyer staff and that marketing value, that is the digital value that senior attorneys are not building out for themselves, growing law firms welcome in senior attorneys and say, let's start adding all of your clients to our LinkedIn contact list. Let's start sending out an e-newsletter to your clients versus that once a year holiday card throwaway that many senior attorneys continue to send out. I don't mean throwaway in a bad way, but why not be able to touch your clients digitally multiple times throughout the year to let them know what you're doing and what the lawyers at the firms that senior attorneys join when they join growing, join growing law firms. The second option that senior attorneys have, the second solution when you're not adopting digital marketing yet, is to go full-fledged into it, okay? And if you're going to go full-fledged into digital marketing in today's 3.0 digital era for law firms, it's done really on a five-pronged approach, right? That is to be investing in Google, right? Whether that is PPC, pay-per-click, whether that is investing in SEO, okay, for search engine optimization of your websites, to Increase your social media presence, right? Have a presence on Facebook, LinkedIn, Threads, X, Instagram to optimize your website and increase the number of Google reviews. Google reviews are huge. I mean, we think about anytime we're buying something today, you're buying something on Amazon, you're going to a restaurant, you're going to a hotel, you're going to lead, you're going to be reading reviews. Well, if you're going to be increasing your digital value, we need to be asking clients to be providing you with reviews because new clients want to know how many reviews that you have. To have an audio and video presence, podcast, videos on YouTube, even perhaps videos on TikTok. And then, of course, there's still the old school way of in-person in person networking, advertising in print, and those old school methods pre-2020. Pre in reality, when we look back at the revenues, Okay, of what senior attorneys are experiencing post 2020. The reality of senior attorneys shifting towards 
adopting multi-channel digital marketing and our experience is pretty low. It's not going to be your niece. It's not going to be your grandchild that is going to get you into the digital marketing world. And if you don't adopt it, what we're often seeing is that your revenues are going down. And maybe you can live with that, right? If your revenues are going down, maybe they're 20% of what they used to be. But you're, you know, you're in your late 50s, 60s, or 70s. You can live with that. But the unintended consequence of living with the status quo is that your book of business is not going to be as strong as it was in yesteryear, and you're going to get less value. By contrast, you join a growing law firm that adopts multi-channel digital marketing, welcomes you in, starts and starts marketing to your clients. And let's just give an example. We have a client that joined a firm a year ago. She had a thousand clients that she would send a holiday card to every year. She then joined a firm which sent out constant contact messages to all of her clients and started to and started to keep in contact with the clients digitally over the course of the year that our client joined the firm. Now she was always good at business development, but here's the really great part of this story. She generated more revenue during the year that she joined this growing law firm and worked 90% less. So still working, still working with clients, but enjoying going to the beach, enjoying spending time with her grandchildren, enjoying not having to manage the office. So by showing this client revenues piece, she she um, earned, she raised really through the through the client revenues that came in more money through the through the clients that retained the firm that she joined and worked a lot less. So as senior attorneys are thinking about how the value of their firms is going to go in the 2020s, if you maintain that status quo, your revenues short-term could go down and the value of your practice could go down. For those senior attorneys that join growing law firms, their revenues while they continue to practice are going to go up. That is our experience. And you're going to get higher value on that all-important book of business that is the key component to the sale of your law practice. And that is today's uh, episode six of the Ask the Law Firm Seller Show.